T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back into Sports Talk Friday. Feeling good. Uh, Got Dave Mason coming up next hour. He's the Bet Online Sportsbook brand manager. Going to be talking about some of the Super Bowl prop bets going into the big game. I don't know if you guys have made any uh, bets, I'll say, on the game for Super Bowl uh, 58 yet. I I haven't I haven't really looked at the props yet, but I will be betting the over on total time. They show Taylor, Taylor. Swift is shown on the broadcast because they would be fools. They would be fools to not show her. Are for we her. for sure definite that she will be able to make it from her? I think tour in Japan. She's going to be there, Steve. <laughs> she will be there. She'll so, find a way. I'm, Nothing, I'm like I could keep Taylor from her from her love, which is being shown on television now if they really want to get impressive she needs to fly back in time and then helicopter in in time for the halftime show at usher yeah that, that's that's the real question <laughs> i'm not i'm not i'm betting the under on uh, on halftime performances but yeah we'll we'll see yeah what's interesting to me i uh, want to talk to you know next hour too about those prop bets if you are singing the national anthem and it's you know that certain time is on it can't you kind of manipulate the bet well you could say that about like the oh, color the Gatorade, of the Gatorade, right too. totally uh, so I mean, there is. I think we we talked to somebody last year um, on 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 WWL and had that conversation, and I think there is something baked in there where they have to like you know. But yeah, I mean, if you're Luke Bryan and you're like, oh, I can hold that last <laughs> note, I can hold that last note for a long time, you know. But yeah, I mean, it's these the sports books get got to figure that out. Uh, getting back into the Saints side of things. Uh, we talked about the addition of a new quarterbacks coach, but there's also been quite a number of departures that you wanted to touch on. Yeah, yeah. And so you're talking about 15 coaches over the last two years that you have moved on from. And I say it that way because they're not all the same. They're not always the same exact yeah. scenario. Some guys got fired. Some guys went on to other opportunities, right? Some guys you just moved on from, and you can call it what it is, right? Like Ryan Nielsen going to Atlanta to be their defensive coordinator, that's a promotion, right? Declan Doyle going to the to the Broncos to be their tight ends coach, that's a promotion. So you're not really looking at that and saying, you know, it's tough to know whether the team would have moved on from them either way. Kevin Carberry is a good example. We talked about that. He's going to be the Bucs offensive line coach. They may have wanted to keep him, but – were they going to give him a promotion to offensive line coach? Probably not. So that kind of eliminates it. But this year alone, you're talking about eight assistants that you have moved on from. So that's Pete Carmichael, who's the offensive coordinator, Doug Marone, offensive line coach, Ronald Curry, who's the quarterback's coach, Cody Burns, who was the wide receiver's coach, Joel Thomas, who's the running back's coach. He left to go to the Giants. Again, that's another example of a guy leaving. We don't know if they would have moved on from him, but they also could have blocked it and didn't. So clearly they weren't, you know, too broken up about losing him. What happens um, if the Giants don't keep Saquon? 
Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> Giants are, you know, we, that's a whole other conversation. Everyone's talking about how Brian Dable's mean to everybody. I, I don't know. That's a whole thing. But Good luck, uh, Joel Thomas. Then we talked about Kevin Carberry. Bob Bicknell was, is an assistant offensive whatever coach. I, I don't know exactly what he did, if I'm being honest. But he also was fired. And so, you know, last year I said Chris Richard, Dan Rochar, Zach Streif, Corey Robinson, Sterling Moore, all out of town. And So to me, my, my big question is, you know, you go back to 2022 – and you look at, okay, why did the Dennis Allen era start in the first place? Because it wasn't, it wasn't at that point, the idea was not, hey, we're going to rebuild everything. We're going to start from scratch. We're going to get a whole new idea in here. We're going to rebuild the offense and rebuild the defense. It was, it was, we are going to continue this culture that has been successful and that has shown results, right? If at that time you told me that we're, we're keeping Dennis Allen, but we are rebuilding everything around him, I would have said, then why are you keeping Dennis Allen? Now, I understand where you're at now, but at some point over the last two years, the plan changed from continuity to get all Sean's guys out the building, right? There's a couple left, like Darren Rizzi is still connected to Sean and the special teams and whatever, and you have a couple assistants who are connected to Sean, right? So it's not a complete overhaul in that regard. But even guys like Traquan Smith, like he's not here anymore, right? You know, you're talking about you know Mike Thomas, Marshawn Ladmore. Are they going to be here next year? Jameis Winston, is he going to be here next year? So the, the mission goals seem to have changed, and I don't know when they did. <laughs> and they don't have to explain it. The team doesn't have to explain it. But clearly something has changed in terms of how you're going to succeed with Dennis Allen. And, and, and my thing is, like, you look at it and you say, okay, you know, the, it could go either way. I, I'm not a fortune teller. Maybe this does all work out. Maybe the offense comes in with Clint Kubiak and his world beaters, and suddenly you're where you need to be with Derek Carr, and you feel like you've pulled all the, pulled all the right levers, hit all the right buttons, and you look like a genius. But what happens if that isn't the case, if this falls apart? Because you have set up a scenario where if it goes down, it's going down hard. And I think there's a lot of pressure on this season because you have now doubled down on this initial decision, which based on the current decisions being made, sure seems like there was some second thoughts of like, yeah, maybe that wasn't a good idea, right? But you didn't pull the plug on Dennis. So, you know, I, I don't know. I think this season's going to tell a lot in terms of, you know, there's, there could be a much bigger rebuild coming if, if things fall apart under this scenario than had you just started from scratch in the first place is really what I'm getting to. I definitely feel like with Dennis Allen, his defensive mind is obviously yes. the biggest key in keeping him around and what he's been able to produce. I agree with that, and I think there was there is a lot of incentive in terms of we do want to keep Dennis Allen. Say what you want about this man. He is a incredible defensive mind. He's an incredible defensive play caller. There was you stats, can't deny that at all, right? There was a stat put out, you know, that like people talked about all year, like, oh, Pete Carmichael is down toward the bottom of these rankings of offensive play callers and you know, whatever whether you believe the statistics they're measuring, all of it's kind of made up to some extent where it's like there is no objective metric of like what's a good play caller versus what isn't. But the you know, they put up defensive play callers and Dennis Allen's at the top. And so there is value added in keeping him in that role. And so I understand that. Um, but you know, and, and you look around the NFL and they're not the only team doing this, right? Like they're not the only team that stuck with a, a guy on a staff that was led by a Super Bowl champion head coach, well-respected and has taken over. Look at Todd Bowles. He took over for Bruce Arians, right? He had Tom Brady for one year and they went eight and nine. Everyone talks about Todd Bowles. Like he's his great success story. They went eight and nine with Tom Brady. <laughs> 
They went nine and eight this year. They went, like they're one game better than the Saints over the last two years. They have two division titles to show for it, so that kind of skews your perspective. But he's another guy that kind of took over for uh, Bruce Arians, kind of led that team, and they rebuilt their offensive staff a year earlier. And so, if you're the Saints, you're probably looking at that and saying, "Yeah, we probably should have done that, and we probably should have made the Carmichael move a little earlier." Um, and so maybe you know if you can get similar results to what the Bucks got out of Dave Canales with this new scheme with Derek Carr. Then, then yeah, it's a great move. And you look at the Patriots, they're trying to do the same thing. They did the whole succession plan with Gerard Mayo. I, mean, I don't know if that's going to work, uh, but you know, it, the Saints are not the only team that, is, that has tried to go this route. Now, I don't know how it's going to work out, but you can at least say that they're not, you know, they're not zigging where other teams have zagged exclusively. Like They are doing something that is clearly accepted. And there's a lot more defensive head coaches in the NFL right now after this hiring cycle than there were going into it. You know, Raheem, like the NFC South is three defensive head coaches. Raheem Morris has obviously worked on the offensive side of the ball, but he's a defensive guy. Uh, and you have three head coaches who are in their second head coaching stint after the first one went terribly. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting comparisons to be made around the NFC South these days. Yeah, and the division uh, going into next season, obviously I feel like it's, it's going to be the same thing again where – it's all up for grabs again. There's gonna not going to be really any clear favorite. You could say maybe Tampa Bay, obviously, since they've been doing it. Yeah, there's no favorite. I mean, like you can look at Tampa Bay and say, yeah, they had a great year in terms of the expectations versus what they did. You still don't know what Atlanta's going to do at quarterback. Well, but like, yeah, I look at it, I look at Tampa Bay and I say, well, how are they going to get better? How are they going to improve from what they did this year? And I mean, they Looks could. Like Mike Evans might be gone. Well, right. I mean, they have cap space to work with. That's the big difference between the between Tampa and the Saints. Is Tampa right, they was were able, able to reset that? They were able to reset and win at the same time, or at least win at a level that was <laughs> uh, commensurate with the amount of you know to be a success with the investment you made in paying yeah, Baker they Mayfield. They won a playoff game too, so you know, kudos to them. They did. They hosted a playoff game. Right. They won it. Right. They've played three playoff games under Todd <laughs> Bowles. They've won one more game in the regular season than the Saints have over that span. Um, but yeah, Atlanta. I mean. I, who knows what their quarterback situation is going to be like? Are you going to stick with Desmond Ritter and Taylor Heineke? Like, doubt it. That's the only reason. I'm like, DJ, who who are you going to be the quarterbacks coach for? Yeah, that, <laughs> right? that, that's a great question. Exactly. But you know, they might find some. Maybe maybe they can go and I don't know. Justin Fields might be available, right? Fields, maybe they can trade Russell for Wilson, Fields. Uh, Kirk Cousins out there. Kirk I don't Cousins, know. Yeah. The funny thing about Justin Fields is he would be he would have been the perfect quarterback for Arthur Smith. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. And he's not there anymore. But yeah, and then the he's Panthers. In Pittsburgh. Because, uh, I don't know what their situation is going to end up like. Um, but yeah, and then and then the Panthers. I mean, uh, I, I, I'm still not out on Bryce Young. I think you can objectively say like they probably made the wrong pick. Right. That doesn't mean that Bryce can't have success. And if you're, you can't look at it as Bryce versus CJ, you have to look at it as Bryce versus Bryce and how do we improve Bryce Young. And I think Dave Canales is a good coach, so maybe he can find something there. But yeah, I mean, this division is wide open, and that's why if you're the Saints, you feel you probably feel a little bit more comfortable in saying, hey, we're, we're, this guy's leash is what it was. We're not going to cut it short just because it didn't go exactly as we had hoped, and it didn't go as poorly as it could have gone either. Um, and you just, you're going to go into next season feeling the same way you did this season, and the schedule is slightly more difficult, but it's not that much more difficult. No, you look at it, there's a lot better quarterbacks, though, on this year's coming schedule. Yeah, you know, the way I look at it, <laughs> I've heard people say this a lot. And yeah, they're like the Chiefs and, and a couple other teams that, that are on there. But you didn't beat the good teams this year anyway. <laughs> well, you so, got to do it next year. So, you know, but you don't, though, because you still have the bad teams. Like, that's the difference is instead of the Vikings, you have the Chiefs. But you lost to the Vikings. So you don't need to figure out how to go 9-8 and eight again. You need to figure out how to improve from 9-8. and eight. 
And so you need to win some of those games. And, and that's like, I think the, you have a nine, it's not that you have a five win schedule. It's that you have a nine win schedule and it's going to be a lot more difficult to get to double digit wins than it would be. But I still think you have an easy schedule by NFL standards because everyone in the NFC South has an easy schedule. That's what I'm saying. You, you play, play the NFC South. Everybody twice, right. Right. Well, it'll be interesting though, because like, you know, the, the Chargers are on that, you know, that mess of a schedule too, obviously, uh, Justin Herbert, uh, like I said, the, the quarterback competition will be stepped up next season. Uh, I'm just uh, looking at, though, overall, like you said, with the division, you you got to figure four and two is definitely doable again next year. And I know this is way, way, in, you know, thinking ahead right now, but uh, the division not being strong again definitely works in this team's favor because they're still rebuilding with this offense now. But every NFC South team is saying the same thing. Right? I have more confidence though because of the Saints' defense, at least. Yeah, sure, but I, I, but again, if you go on a radio station and go to go go listen to a radio station in Tampa, I assure you, they're saying the same thing. Go to radio, oh, go right. listen to a radio they're, station they're in Atlanta. Baker they're and saying the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it, it's all about you got to win your games, right? And yeah, four they went four and two this year and they finished with nine wins. So it's not all about the division. Right, you got to win some of those close games. And the failure of this season for the Saints this past season isn't that the, you know they played competitive games, they stayed in games, they didn't really get blown out. You know, probably that the the Rams game was the closest, but that still ended as a closer game. You know, the first Bucks game, but the, the you didn't win those close games. And so, like that's that's to me is like okay, how can you go and win those games? Because if you win one of those games, the season feels so much different. Um, and I think that's probably why you go and you're like, you've seen the ceiling of this offense as it was. How many times can you run back the same offense where it's like, it's effective. You can, you've won games with it, but it, it's not, it's not scaring anybody. And I think that's at the end of the day, when you're trying to, when you decide I'm going to rebuild, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to tear this thing down to the studs on offense and rebuild, at least from a coaching perspective. That's why, because you've seen the ceiling and you, you think, Hey, we have, there are ways we can, we can raise this ceiling and this is how you're hoping to do that i'm interested too to hear more uh, from clint kubiak yeah just to know his personality and you can get kind of gauge you know just the what he's bringing to the coaching room because we know you know there was always with Pete carmichael jr of how reserved he was personality wise he didn't seem like uh this leader of men kind of thing there let me did i get this math right there are like kids applying to college this like this year who won't don't know anything but a Sean Payton offense for the Saints oh right yeah. <laughs> they wouldn't know any but like that's how long it's been there so this is going to be such a sea change that I it's it's hard to even gauge like what it's going to look like because they just haven't done it in so long so I don't know it's gonna it's gonna be strange like we're gonna be out there at training camp and you're gonna see them doing things differently um, right, it's like they've never done this before. Yeah, and so it's gonna be it's gonna be really interesting. It's gonna be fun to see how they build out this staff, and and that's gonna again that's gonna be the fun part. And the the frustrating part is gonna be we talked all season about how you know oh, you need time, you need time, you need time to gradually learn your way into a system. And do we have to do that again? That's true. Not. Right. I sure hope not. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network. From big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Over here. 
plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.